Hello and welcome to another beautiful Friday on Speaking for Him. I'm Dan Van Zalen and here is your host, Andrew Gomison. Hello, Dan. It's great to be with you on this beautiful Friday. And we are wrapping up our series on questions Jesus asked. Now, obviously, uh, he asked a lot more questions in this, and we hope that the the series of, I think, five questions that we did makes you want to delve in more and see what else he asked. But the question we're going to cover today is, do you love me? And this was a question that Jesus uh, asked Peter on the shores of Galilee. And Dan is going to start us off with our quote of the day. So when they had dined, Jesus saith unto Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord. Thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my lambs. He saith him, he saith to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my sheep. He saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved, because he had said unto him the third time, Lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus saith unto him, Feed my sheep. John 21, verses 15 through 17. So, this is a question that Jesus asked Peter, primarily, I believe, because Peter had uh, denied knowing Jesus three times. He was going to. So, he, he gave... He gave him three opportunities to then reaffirm his love after he had, you know, humiliated himself by denying Christ three times, which he said, I'll never do it. I'll never deny you. I'll die with you if I have to. And Jesus said, well, before the cock crows twice, you will deny me three times. And so Jesus knew better than Peter. And so God, Jesus was saying, at this point, um, to Peter three times, do you love me? And Peter responded in the affirmative each time. I've also read or heard somebody say that each time he asks, do you love me? He's talking about a different kind of love as well. I, I didn't look it up pre this episode, but I think he uses different words for love in the Greek each time he asks the question. When he asked Peter the way I heard it from my dad's, my dad was a pastor. So when he did this sermon and looked up, he says, Jesus said to Peter, do you agape me? Which is unconditional love. And Peter said, I filio you, which is brotherly love. And so, so Jesus keeps pressing for the ultimate of love because he wants Peter to know that loving in the agape manner is the most important thing. And as, if he's going to lead the church and going to show them the love of God, he has to understand the love of God first. So that that is a very uh, good jumping off point for today's episode. And so we're going to talk about different aspects of loving God. So the first one that I have listed here is loving God is the most important commandment. He said unto him, What is written in the law? How readest thou? And he answered, saying, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, 
with all thy strength, and with all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. And he said unto him, Thou hast answered right. This do, and thou shalt live. Luke 10, verses 26 through 28. So in this passage, Jesus is highlighting these two commands, love God and love your neighbor as yourself, as the most important commandments. And if you think about it, every other commandment given in the books of the law falls under one of those two categories. Yep. Either, either loving God or loving your neighbor. So if you master, now I'm, I want to be very careful to quantify that none of us will master either of these, this side of heaven, because we're not perfect. But Jesus is basically saying, hey, if you focus on these two things, you'll hit everything else incidentally. Because if you look at the Ten Commandments even, roughly half of them is our response to God, and roughly half of them is our response to each other. Indeed. So if we put it in that context, it can be very much easier for us to realize what is it that we should be focusing on. And incidentally, God, or Jesus never said this is going to be an easy thing to do either. No, he never did. As a matter of fact, he said, if you follow me, take up your cross and deny yourself and then follow me. And the world so is going to hate you. So he's really laying down the gauntlet. All right. He loved us first. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. We love him. Because he first loved us. First John verse, first John 4 verses 18 and 19. You know, we, and by we I mean the human race, we like to believe that we're pretty good at loving people. But we also overuse the word love. We say, I love macaroni and cheese, and then we say, I love my mom. Well, hopefully <laughs> your mom is a few thousand notches above macaroni and cheese. Yeah. Uh, but... <laughs> The point being here is that we only know how to love if because he loved us first. Yes. And so any capacity that we have to love comes from him through the power of the Holy Spirit. And when we start to think that we are doing okay with our love, then God just reminds us, brings us to 1 Corinthians 13, love is patient, love is kind, love does not envy, love is not boastful. Uh, love keepeth no record of wrongs, that whole list. And I've actually heard people say that um, if you are interested in someone, you should put their name in place of love. If you're interested in pursuing a relationship with someone, you should put their name in place of the word love and read that passage back and say, is that person, does that person exemplify these qualities and also do it for yourself? Because if you both, do your best to exemplify true love. You're going to have success in your relationship much more than if it's a self-serving type of relationship where you're just out to get what you can get. Yeah, I've I've been I've heard in weddings in my family where my grandparents and my aunts and uncles are telling the the new couple, you always you know you always have to you have to love each other. You have to work at loving each other forgive each other and you know the typical do not go to bed angry it's not going to end well if you go to bed angry you know those those yeah. type of things and then are all built on you know love is what the description of what love is and all those sayings are all built on this and it's something to remember absolutely love loving him is doing what he says if ye love me keep my commandments 
John fourteen fifteen. If we love someone, putting it in a human perspective, if we love our parents, we will follow their wisdom, we will follow their guidance, and as young children, we will follow their directives. And so um, Jesus is saying, you guys are my young children, you guys are my brothers, and so if you love me, if you are my friend, you will keep my commandments. And a lot of times we say, God, I love you, but I don't really want to do what you want me to do. <laughs> and then we we struggle because of it. And then he's like, well, if you had just done what I told you to do, it's it's sort of like a story I can relate to my own past. My mom had encouraged me to apply for a job at Right to Life of Michigan, and I said I didn't want to because I had gone through a really bad telemarketing experience and then the following year, I finally did, and I got a job and was there for 10 years. But I could have been there for an extra year if I had listened to my mother. So I always remember that when I started to get a little sour on her advice because she's pretty smart. And your parents know you pretty well. So if they're giving you advice, it's probably worth listening to. Uh, yes. Um, and, you know, I want to say here, too, I know not everybody – as the benefit of godly parents, but I think even ungodly parents can give us advice. And if we humble ourselves, even if we have ungodly authority figures, that can be a blessing to them and to us. Obviously, if if they're telling you to do something that's against God, don't go that way. But sometimes we say, well, I, I have to follow God first. And we couch it like that. But in reality, we're just doing our own thing and using God as an excuse. The Pharisees were really good at that. They were extremely good at that. And we need to make sure that we don't do that. Well, there's also the thing where um, I think it was Jesus who said this directly, but he says, look, even evil men know how to give good things to their children. So how much more does God know how to give good things to you? That is a good, that is a good point. All right. This is a really good one. Loving him leads to loving one another. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God, and knoweth God. He that loveth and not knoweth not God, for God is love. First John 4, 7 through 8. I gotta say that uh, second to last sentence is a little bit of a tongue twister. I I actually learned this song, this verse as a song when I was a kid. I will not be singing a solo right now. Ah, <laughs> oh, man. But uh, if you if you look it up, um, look up First John four seven and eight as a song. I think it was Patch the Pirate <laughs> that, that they did the song based on that, and it was a really good song. So I'd encourage you to look that up. Maybe I'll find it on YouTube and post it in the show notes of this episode. But to change it up a little bit, do you have any initial thoughts on this first before I add some things? <laughs> a lot of things. Um. So loving him leads leads to loving one another. <clears throat> it says that he that loveth not knoweth not God, which is a, being a tongue twister is still uh, really true. Because if you don't love or are incapable of love, how then will you understand or even have a glimpse of God? Because God is love. And to love God is to know love. And to know love is to see 
the goodness in the people around you and to care for them and love them even as you disapprove of their actions which are against God, which I found out firsthand that I was actually capable of in college when I had a classmate who decided that um, marching in the gay pride parade was a great thing to do. And I thought to myself, well, gee, this seems like a really dumb thing to do, but it doesn't really affect how I see that person as a person. Mm. And I thought, oh, wait, this is what it means when God says, love the sinner, but hate the sin. Hey, I understand something now. That is, that is so true. And it's, it's hard to walk that line because extremely. Because on one hand, you want to be clear if you're ever confronted with it that, hey, I don't agree with this. Yeah. I absolutely think that, that, that one man, one woman is God's way and that God can deliver you out of temptations to do the wrong thing with what he has created in the intimate unions between mm-hmm. a man and a woman. And the thing is, if you, do, if you are, uh, if you are active out of wedlock as a heterosexual, you're just as sinful as someone who chooses to engage in the homosexual act. So it's not that it puts you above them at all. It's still a sin. <laughs> no. The, but the, the, but it, it also is true. And this is where I struggle a lot is people will say, well, you need to be more loving. But a lot of times, no matter how lovingly you deliver the truth, people will still call you a hater because they don't like the truth. Man, men don't like the truth. You disagree with me, therefore you must be a hater. Exactly. And I have encountered that more and more lately. Facebook is starting to clamp down on people who, who speak the truth and, and censor them. Um, one of my favorite clips is actually Ted Cruz calling calling out Facebook because they censored different posts when the movie on plan came out. We talked about that last year when it came out about how important it was for people to get a chance to see that film. Uh, but they, they tried to censor some stuff in, in regards to that. And there was just a recent thing where they were nominated at an award show that was sponsored by Hallmark and Hallmark cut them out of that award ceremony, even though they were nominated and then they complained to Hallmark and Hallmark is re-airing it with their nominations in the special. So Hallmark at least listened to them, which I'm excited about and I'm glad that that happened. And like she said, I hope that people can show them grace because she's like, I accepted that actress, Ashley Bratcher. She said, I've accepted all their apologies now I call on you to show them grace. So I thought that was a really good example of of loving one another and not holding grudges. Because grudges, well, grudges are just mill rocks around your neck. Yeah. It's not useful at all. It's just, I mean, it's cliche, but it's true. It's like drinking poison yourself and expecting someone else to die. Um, And we tend to do that as individuals. Well, it's like that other uh, cliche. They say if you going to go out looking for revenge. You better big, uh, dig two graves, one for yourself and one for the other guy. Yep. And then the final point we're going to talk about is love and God. Loving God is forever. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God 
which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Romans 8, 38 and 39. Uh, and this is one of my favorite passages of scripture because a lot of times people say, well, well, you can lose your salvation if you're not careful or they imply that and they kind of imply that it's, uh, you know, that it's mostly my work that keeps me on the straight and narrow. Oh, but, but what Paul is saying here is nothing can separate me from God. Jesus paid the penalty. Jesus took my sin. And now he is holding me and keeping me fast. He, you know, Paul also said that being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will be faithful to complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. That is the power of Jesus' love. And I hope that as you have considered different aspects of Jesus' love, that you will be able to answer in the affirmative when Jesus asks you and whispers to your heart, do you love me? Yes. All right. Well, with that being said, I will just say, have a great weekend and keep serving the best of masters. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Your host has been Andrew Gomison, founder of Speaking for Him. For more information on today's show and to leave us comments and voicemails, visit speakingforhim.blogspot.com. You can find Andrew's ministry at speakingforhim.com. That's speaking, the number four, H-I-M. You can also interact with us at facebook.com slash speakingforhim and on Twitter at Speaking for Him. And when you look for us on iTunes and Stitcher, let us know what you think of the podcast by leaving a rating and review. 